Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. I'm doing all the things, but it doesn't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Hey, I'm Donnie Bovine, the CEO and founder of Success Champion Networking and author of Endless Streamer Referrals. This is Growth Mode, a podcast all about growing and scaling your business. Hanging out with me as always is Kevin Snow, the sales and automation tactician and genius. And this episode, we're really going to dive in how you find yourself doing all the things and nothing actually getting done. So this is something that I struggled with all the time, and I still do from time to time. Uh, and I think it's part of uh, my personality as uh, as a high C and not wanting to give up control. So I would have, I had these, and we talked about this before, I had these really detailed to-do lists broken down by categories. And there'd be days, especially when I was just launching Time on Target, that I would, I'd click off a ton of stuff and I'd be like, sweet, I got I got all this stuff done. I was so productive today. And that would go on for days and days and days. And but I wouldn't actually like have moved my business anywhere. You know, I was I was getting things done, but I wasn't like getting new clients. I wasn't setting myself up for that next big jump or that next big uh, pivot that was gonna take me to the next level for my business. And I, I think this is an issue that business owners get caught in a lot. And I think even just salespeople in general get caught in this because they, they get all these things done and they're, they're doing motions, but there's no forward movement. Yeah, dude, I totally agree. I mean, even early on in the business, I, I had it in my head that I couldn't afford to outsource. So I learned to do all the things. Like I can edit video, I can edit audio, I can freaking make graphics with the best of them. I mean, I can do all kinds of shit that truthfully, I probably have no business actually knowing how to do, you know, and but it, for me, a lot of it was I felt like I really had to learn it and understand it before I could give it to somebody else properly. I also felt like I was nobody could do it as good as me. You know, nobody could create as good as I created. Nobody could build as good as I build. And, you know, uh, I think there was definitely some ego that played into my ability to let go of things and let people do what they're good at. And truthfully, Kevin's one of the first people that taught me how to properly get shit off my plate. 
And I just had to find somebody that was fucking better at something that I could do. And, and, you know, it started off with email automations and shit and, you know, me breaking MailChimp several fucking times and finally finding Kevin to come in and be like, yeah, just don't touch shit. <laughs> and I mean, inside of Entreport, the programming right now, he's literally got things that says, Donnie, don't touch this. And the sauna, it says, Donnie, don't touch, you know? Um, and it's because not that I couldn't go in and learn this stuff, but there's no reason for me to go in and learn the stuff and do it. And I think to Kevin's point, when you have all the knowledge and you're doing all the things, all these false wins happen and keep you from actually trying to to do the things that will grow your business. And, you know, early in the business, I failed miserably because I stayed so far behind the scenes doing the stuff that was more fun than out prospecting business development and talking to people. Yeah, I, I think a big part for me is you're you're going through the reasons why people do that. A big thing for me was was the perfectionism and I how I and I still have this I don't have that problem. <laughs> the <laughs> but I for like building out automations and doing things like that, I'm like, well I could give it to someone, they can do it, but then I'm gonna have to go in and fix it and do it anyway. Uh, so why even outsource it? So that is my inner demon that I always battle with and have to talk my way through when I give stuff to people, even like art. Yeah, but the, the flip side of that is is in not giving it away, you get so overloaded with work that even you miss shit. Yep. You know, so so that's that's the problem with with the perfectionist side of things is at some point nobody can handle all the work. Yeah, and that that's exactly one hundred percent correct. Uh, and that that's really what started happening to me is like, oh, I didn't do this thing, and I or I I do uh, formatting issues and things wouldn't display right, or you know, all just stupid little things that I just glossed over because I was trying to get all these big things done. So the little things just broke uh and it, it is a learning process to be able to outsource this and to give up that control and uh, for me i think uh, a lot of my learning with it and i'm still learning it came through the military and having getting beat up so many times by my senior officers about stopping doing the stuff that's why I have NCOs and that I had to <laughs> trust them to go do the thing and then just verify that it gets done correctly and then refine and reteach. And so that was, cause I was, I was like that in the military as a Lieutenant. It's like, I'll just go do it. I'd go create a thing. And they'd be like, you have 15 soldiers in your section that aren't doing stuff because you're doing it all. I'm like, yeah, that sounds kind of dumb. Doesn't it? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah, but but they're, they're the good point in there. I mean, you got to learn to give it to others, um, and I, and as you said, that's a learned process. I mean, I go back to the first time I had somebody edit my podcast. I was like, "Here you go, it's all yours," <laughs> and it came back as a fucking shit show because I gave them no expectations. Or yeah, anything. and I think for me, especially with the military, because I was the one who would have to brief the product. I was the one who was going to have to talk to the general, or the colonel about it. I was the one that was going to get beat up. So I wanted that control. So if I was getting beat up, it was actually my fault. So, um, so 
Well, even if you give it to somebody else, it's still your yeah, fault. You gave it to them. Exactly. This is true. Um, so it was It was really figuring out what that balance for me was between keeping the control so I could have that quality assurance, and but then also giving the opportunity to that other person to do the thing. And the, the thing that people I don't think realize that when they outsource stuff, especially if it's someone who's actually on your team and it's an employee, it's an opportunity for you to develop that individual into something better. You know, giving those tasks that you have traditionally said, oh my God, only I can do this right. And giving it over to someone else now allows them to be better at their job and be more valuable to you. Yeah, dude, I love that. Cause you know, even like with this podcast, um, unfortunately, uh, Tatiana who did all the audio and video work for us was in Russia and, you know, she shut, got shut down access to be able to do any work to help us out. So we brought on a new guy, you know, Samuel, that's helping us out. And we were so used to the process of Tatiana that I hadn't thought about how do I teach somebody else into our system? So he's got to figure it out now. Um, but there was a couple, you know, of trial and errors of figuring out how to bring this stuff in. But this goes back to, I think, you know, you've got to document your processes so somebody else can slip into it if something like Russia happens, you know, and and be able to move forward. And I think that's part of the struggle with people trying to get things off their plate is they don't understand their own process. They've just done it. So therefore, they don't know how to give it to somebody else. I mean, um, it's hard to document your own stuff. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And I noticed this for me. Uh, I'm working on a really big project with one of my other clients. Yeah, don't tell Donnie. He likes to think he's the only one. Um, I am. But it's <laughs> it's an in-depth process. And there's going to be a lot of manual steps that go into it until some additional features roll out inside of Entreport. So I this time, I caught myself. I was actually like creating the process as I was building all the stuff and I was writing down, Oh, we have to do mm. this here. And I was actually documenting stuff before I went in to build the actual automations. I'm like, Oh, we have to do this. And I got to make sure this touches and here's where this interacts. And I was documenting as I went. So I'm like, and I, and I literally one day I stopped and just stopped doing what I was doing. I'm like, I've never done it this way before. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, <laughs> this is new and and i looked at it like oh, this is actually kind of smart because i'm now not having to go back after i build stuff and say figure out why it doesn't work <laughs> because i've actually created all the links on a piece of paper that i can follow as opposed to just having it in my head no nah, dude that's that's actually really smart kevin <laughs> yeah. um You'll never hear me say that shit again. Um, but the, the 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 trick with it all is I think we all get caught up in doing this stuff uh, most times because it's a distraction from something else. You know, we convince ourselves. Like I had, you know, Kevin and I had a client the other day that was so excited that somebody, you know, looked at their LinkedIn profile. You know, they didn't connect, they didn't respond, but they they looked at their LinkedIn profile and that became like this this massive win for them. And, you know, we had to get that person to explain to us how somebody looking at your profile was a win. Um, and, you know, finally had to say, hey, if you had a salesperson and they came to you and said, you know, somebody looked at their profile, that's a win. What would you tell them? 
and they were like, um, get out there and freaking sell something. You know, so I think we often are distracting ourselves with things that feel like wins. And that's how we get caught up in doing all the things. Like, it's like, oh my God, I, you know, my email automation worked. You know, that's a, that's my major win, but I've had no prospect conversations. I've had no sales conversations. You know, they're, they're, they're behind the scenes things. They're good, but they're not building your business. They, they are an afterthought of the things you need to do to actually, because if that, even if that email automation works, (laughs) if you got nobody to send it to or nobody new coming in the system, nobody's going to ever fucking see the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so I I, th- I think we trade quite often, you know, these micro wins that really don't mean anything to to displace doing the things that we really should be doing. I do have to say though that I get the LinkedIn the emails from LinkedIn on how many people are have looked at your profile. And I it does kind of make me smile when it's a biggest a bigger number than I've had before. Oh, n- now 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 I'm curious. This is pissing <laughs> contest for me. Your last email, how many viewed your profile? Uh, 201. <laughs> I know you're... See, this is why I love doing this shit. 972 is my last yep. one. So I'm almost broke 1,000 Yeah, that, that's, that's where my goal is. <laughs> I want 1,000. I want that number to come across with with four digits. But, you know, yep. I'm not... I'm just now re kind of restarting my social media and getting back and posting regularly for the 279th yeah. time. <laughs> that's not a, that's not a lie. So, but so it, it, it'll go up and then it'll, I'll get bored with it or I'll get pissed off because it's taking me so much time and I'll stop. So it, it, I, I look at it and I, and I smile. I'm like, yes, I got a big number, but it's not, I don't look, I don't think I look at it like the big win. I, you know, for me, I like to see the measurement of use, right? I I think there's some validation in there that you're doing a lot of the right things, but there has to be some sort of ideal behind, okay, I've had 972 freaking wins. You know, what's the result of that many views, right? What's that leading to? I mean, cool. People are looking at you. But is that turning into revenue? Yeah, and I, you know, and I think that's that's. I think it's one of the basic. Yeah, totally. I think it's one of the basic metrics for you know your reach and your exposure, and you know, is your brand awareness getting people to know who you are and look at your stuff? Yes, awesome. But now you're exactly right. There has to be that next metric. Excuse me, that you're looking at that shows that those people that are looking at you are staying around. And they're doing something else. For sure. So, so you know, I think kind of for this episode, some of the biggest things you really need to think about is if you're finding yourself doing all this stuff, what are you avoiding? Mm. Why won't you outsource? You know, and really start thinking about why are you inundated with stuff versus getting it out of, off your plate? And, you know, if it's the idea of you feel like you can't afford to outsource, trust me, you can barter and trade your ass off to get things off your plate. People will do barter and trade with you if you find the right people. So you can always get it off your plate. You know, so I think if you're really looking at, you know, how to free up your time. Oh, you know something we didn't talk about in this? If your time is not freed up because your clients are kicking your ass, 
and like you have so many clients, you don't have time to do anything else. You're not charging enough. You need to raise your damn prices uh, to to get some of these clients to go away. Uh, probably because you got some panty ass clients you don't want to do business with either. You know, but uh, you also you know need to slow down the volume of clients coming in so you can maintain or you bring in more staff. You know, but oftentimes it's just you're not charging enough. So I think with this episode, guys, you know, you really need to, as the action step, go figure out what are the things, you know, like here's how my favorite trick I've always done. I probably said this on a couple episodes, write down every task you're doing in the business down to freaking taking out the trash, put it on the left side of a paper, write them all out, draw a line next to it. And in the column to the right, write this phrase at the top, would Steve Jobs do this task? And then go through each task and ask that question. And you'll realize a lot of the shit you got to get off your plate. So, so go ahead. I have an interesting question that just popped in my head. When you look at that list, what percentage of your, ta- excuse me, what percentage of your tasks that you're doing on a daily basis should be revenue generating? Depends on the time of day you're working. If you're working during times you can be client facing, 100%. During the times when you cannot be client facing, 0%. So to explain that a little better, I truly believe that if you know your clients are around from 8 to 5, then you need to be doing revenue generating activities from 8 to 5. If your clients quit work at five and don't come back till eight in the morning, that five till eight in the morning, that's your time to do all the non-revenue generating activities. So if you look at that list and you really want to break it down, I'm pretty black and white on that. You know, uh, we do schedule some operational meetings and things in between to kind of break up the business development activity. But I would challenge that most times Kevin and I are all in on freaking revenue generating activities because we got some lofty damn goals. So, but yeah, most times, uh, and as part of your overall list, if you're a solopreneur doing under a hundred thousand, then 75 to 80% of your activities need to be revenue generating. 20% of your activities need to be delivery. Uh, and a lot of people will fucking just damn near wreck their cars when I said that. But under $100,000, you're scrambling, fighting, clawing, scratching. You know, it's a lot of work to get over that first 100000 So, So that's what I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's I've, – I've, I've never actually thought about till I put that question out there. It just popped in my head. It's like, oh, what is the ratio? Uh, I, I definitely agree that if you are a business owner, and I, I tell this to everyone now, especially people who are starting out, it's like you have to have the bulk of your time going to business development. Uh, and you can't get sucked into doing all the other stuff. Yes, you have to deliver what you're taking money for, uh, and you have to do that in a timely manner, but you you can't focus so much just on that that your whole pipeline dries up, and all of a sudden you have nothing yep. that's going to be coming in, and you're like, oh, crap, how am I going to pay for the house this month? Or, you know, how do I pay my, uh, my employees? You have to be getting the stuff done uh, and being out uh, prospecting. For sure. 
for sure. No, great question. Well, as always, guys, if you got any tips, tricks, any value out of this episode, please make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to podcasts and share this off with one friend that you think could find value for that. And for those of you who have sent us messages, emails, you know, uh, social posts, whatever, thank you for those. It means a lot. Appreciate you guys listening. Love you, mean it. See you, bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com, go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.